Good morning. You're listening to Caregiver Crossing, a podcast brought to you by Joy's House. We are really happy you're here. And trust me, you're going to be happy that you're here too. Caregiver Crossing is a podcast created just for you, the caregiver. And I'm Tina McIntosh. I'm Terry Stacy. We're here every week and we bring you experts from across the country providing comfort and resources and joy to our caregivers. We hope that this podcast serves to really embrace family caregivers of today and tomorrow. So thank you all so much for joining us. This is a topic Tina and I have had a lot of fun with, but we've learned a lot. And I think you're going to like this. Go, Tina, you do it. You introduce. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I mean, there's, there are a few things that all of us humans have in common. We know that, you know, end of life comes, we die. There are lots of really heavy things. There's something else and we don't ever want to talk about it. People get really weird talking about it. Poop. Yeah. Poop happens. It happens to everyone. There are books about it. And while it feels sometimes like okay, gross, why are they going to talk about poop? It is, it's serious. And let me explain to you this. It's really natural that we, you know, we flush, we hit the sink without a second glance. We don't take a peek at uh, what's in the toilet, but it can benefit your health. And if you don't know this, you've really got to pay attention. There are chances, good chances that you never knew. You never thought to ask about your number two. It is what's left after your digestive system absorbs all of the nutrients and fluid from your food and drinks. As such, when you observe the shape, the texture, the size, the smell, the color, the frequency of your poop, it can be a good indicator of your overall digestive health. So we need to talk about this for you and for those that you are caring for. Joining us today, we have Dr. Julie Gatza, Dr. Julie, co-founder of the Florida Wellness Institute, and she is going to give us a crash course in poop 101. Dr. Julie, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on your show. So- do people get weirded out talking about poop? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the person, but the way I always try to head this is I've been, um, I've been a chiropractor for 31 years and I found that digestive health is the one thing that if you get it as great as it can possibly be, as most efficient as it possibly can be, not only do yourself avoid um, feeling lousy, but you're avoiding being sick in the future. And if your digestive health is um, something you have to think about at all, meaning are you gas, bloating, indigestion, constipated, acid reflux, heartburn, um, 
then if you think about that at all, then something's probably going on that you should be um, aware of and, and look for these signs and, and learn how to handle your own health because there's so many easy solutions out there. And, um, and looking at the bowel movements is used to be taught in the 1950s. Uh, the kids in school used to learn it in the health class and what? the size, the shape, the form, the smell, and to look in the toilet after each um, bowel movement so that they could assess their gut health at that time. And as many things in our society have been taken out of our school systems, so has just um, the self-awareness of what a bowel movement actually should be normally and what to look for when it's not. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't either. So Dr. Julie, what is normal? What is healthy? What, what would normal poop or, or the perfect poop look like? It would look brown in color, um, different varying shades of brown. It would have some form. It would be log-like. It wouldn't, um, it would uh, be held together and um, it wouldn't um, be too thin. It would be large enough. When you have any other thing than just a normal looking brown, solid log like, then anything other than that is usually meaning that the diet has changed, something's not healthy. A lot of people will report that their um, bowel movements are extremely thin, very little, uh, there is wide which means the inside of the intestine is swollen. And that is why it's smaller when it's coming out. If you have dark um, bowel movements, then it can mean that you were drinking wine last night, um, or maybe you have some bleeding in the upper GI tract. And by the time it's gotten to the outside, it's um, the red blood is now looking black on, on the bowel movements. If you see any blood, then there could be hemorrhoids or something else that's happening. Um, if it's sinking, that's good. If it's floating, it usually means there's too much fat or you're not breaking down your fats in the diet. If it's too loose, we all know what too loose is. So, you know, something's causing that. Are you sick? Do you have the flu? Is there, you know, something you're missing in your diet? But you can pretty much tell your health by, are you going once a day? Um, does it look like I just explained? And does it pretty much stay consistent that way? And if so, then usually your gut is doing pretty well, as long as you don't have any of the other symptoms. And if you do, there are some very natural, easy solutions to handling what's, um, what's gone south. Okay, so gone south, I see what you did there. Um, how many times a day should you be pooping? Once is enough. If there's more, fine. Uh, you know, if it's excessive where it's, you know, loose bowels after each meal, then that's not okay. It's, you know, it's a um, irritable bowel of sorts and it means whatever you're eating, you can't digest, which also means you're not absorbing those nutrients. So um, once a day is fine, but if you're skipping days, it's not normal. I've read many things, but out of my own standard and, and watching patients for the years, if they go once a day, then they're in decent shape on frequency. Okay, Perry and I are fighting for the next question. And how long should you be sitting on the toilet? It depends on the person. My daughter used to camp out and have yes. every neighborhood come and entertain her. And that was her like thing. So, you know, others are pretty quick. You know, some people need a stool to elevate the knees a little. And that usually helps just mechanically change um, the positioning. So it's a little easier for, um, for the person doesn't have to strain so much. So, you know, it just depends. And if you're taking a, you know, an excessively long time, okay, then maybe you're, you know, missing something. Water is one of the first things that people are often missing. And, um, most people I talk to are dehydrated and I battle it daily. So I have all sorts of tricks myself to make sure that I'm get, drinking enough water. 
This is Dr. Julie Gatza, Dr. Julie, co-founder of the Florida Wellness Institute. Yeah, we're getting a crash course in poop 101. So let me ask you, Dr. Julie, about prebiotics. What do you think incorporating a prebiotic into your or, or any of those fibery drinks that we all think that maybe we that helps us in some sort of way? Is that just a waste of time, waste of I mean, money? I think that some people it helps. Uh, you know, I've I always go back to how did our grandparents eat? How were our um, parents raised? How were we raised? And we were raised with food that didn't come in a package, a box or a can. It was all shopped at the perimeter of the grocery store. We weren't giving pops and weird coffee drinks and, and sodas and strange things all throughout the day. We were given water, sometimes milk, and um, we ate very three solid meals to some degree with vegetables and fruit. If you're doing that, you're going to be fine. If you like a smoothie or you want to do things like that, fine. But you're getting plenty of fiber from your vegetables and from your fruits. So I don't care which form you put it in. But the one thing that I have um, given pretty faithfully uh, since the very beginning was giving somebody a um, very high quality digestive enzyme makes a huge difference in people's um, gut health and in health overall. And uh, I say high quality because there's lots of vitamin companies out there. Very few are doing it the right way. There's great marketing, but they aren't all doing it the right way. I use one called Absorbade. And what it does is it breaks down a meal, um, every meal that you eat. So you don't have to have gut problems. But if you take Absorbade with each meal, it's like taking a multivitamin because now you can wring all your nutrition out from your meals. And if you have acid reflux and digestive problems and burping and gas and bloating, you take that so that you can get all nutrition into the bloodstream. That's how we stay healthy and also eliminate the toxins because a lot of people aren't having a bowel movement enough um, in, in a week. So they're reabsorbing not only the toxic load that should have gotten out of the body, but they're also reabsorbing some of the feces back into the body, which makes the immune system have to fight that. Now your immune system is overwhelmed, can't fight the other things that are out there. And you wonder why you're a sickly person. And it starts with gut health again. I just wrote that down. And, you know, for me, I've got a lot of food intolerances and I know if I eat something with wheat, it's going to affect my joints. It's going to affect my bowels. I know this. So I have to be aware as I'm putting it into my mouth, like, right. I know this is going to affect me. You know, one of the things, uh, there are two things that I found that have been very helpful when I get myself into a situation like that. One is Senna. I know that's an over the counter and not everybody likes to take that stuff. It's a vegetable, um, bowel, it helps you with your bowel movements. I don't know how else to say it. It's right. not, how, is how it, do I say it? Is it of psyllium. You mean psyllium? It's um, Senna, S-E-N-N-A. Okay. Yes. Okay. I think Great. it's in the same family as Colace, but yes. um, I hear you saying, and I've heard my own doctor say this is if you're eating the right foods for your body, you won't need all of those other things. That's absolutely. So, yeah. I appreciate that, Dr. Julie, because I need to hear that over and over again. Um, yeah. So some people, sorry. Some people say they can't eat red meat. I am not against red meat, but most people can't digest it because the balls are already a mess up from food sensitivities, choices, nutrients that they're missing. So, you know, taking the absorbate with red meat, now they can get the benefits from red meat. If they take absorbate when they're eating eggs, they can get more nutrition from every egg that they have. So, you know, you can take it at night. And if you have joint pain, you take it on an empty stomach and you have less inflammation the next morning because it works on toxins, poisons, inflammation, um, viruses, and bacteria. 
So, uh, you know, something like the absorbate is so valuable that it, it's the thing that I have sitting out on my counter with um, a, a cute bowl with all of them in it so that I never have to unscrew the top to remember to take them. And neither does anyone else who gets invited over here to eat. Uh, so they just take absorbate and everyone <laughs> digests. It's just a simple concept. Where do you get that? You can uh, go to a website, which is called naturessources.com and, you know, read about the absorbate and the different forms that it comes in. Or um, you can go to the 1-800 number, and if you use the code RADIO, uh, you can ask for some free samples, or you can get 20% off your first order. And that phone number is 1-800-827-7656. That is incredible information. Terry, you have a thought bubble that is about to burst. No, it really wasn't. It was really about, okay, I'm just going to ask corn for example, doesn't look like that it was digested at all through my system. Is that, are those things that are, when, when you have corn or some other vegetables or something that doesn't digest and it comes right through, is that mean, is it doing any damage? Is it just not worth our time to eat that kind of stuff? Or what, what, what's happening there? Why does our body not like corn to digest? In, in general, for me to fix a patient, I generally have them take, um, go off most corn items. Corn is very hard to break down. It has also been altered a fair amount that it's not the same corn that we ate as children. So when you see something like cucumber seeds and corn and peanuts and things in the poop that don't belong there, it does mean your body cannot break that down. Um, and you know, corn it specifically um, does a number on the digestive system. It's sort of a tough one to nail down when people have food sensitivities to it. But um, I can tell you, if that's happening to anyone that's listening, um, it's a food to definitely um, uh, avoid in all forms because uh, your body isn't getting any nutrition from it. And it's actually using up its reserves to try to handle what it's, um, what it's done by not uh, getting absorbed. Okay. Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. I'm here to be on the call with you forever. Like I have so many other things that I'm watching the time and I'm like, uh, it's going to cut us off any second. Um, you know, one of the things, and Dr. Julie, we had not talked about this in advance. So if I'm throwing you through a loop, that's cool. We can, you know, uh, not go forward with this conversation. But one of the things I've learned over time is to do like a colon massage. Do you ever do that? Or do you know much about the colon massage? Because I know when I've been constipated, I can do a little massage and kind of open myself up and it's a miracle. It's, I do it all the time. And you know, who um, is the most beneficial, the mothers of a colicky baby. And why did nobody tell us this? Like, I mean, listen, my kids are all, you know, older yeah. now. Why did no one tell me when my kids were little, just do a little colon massage? Oh, my girlfriend picked me up. Her son had a baby and I said, oh my gosh, it's so great. You're picking me up. And like, she gets in the car and she goes, okay, it's been five days. It hasn't pooped. The parents are going crazy. And I'm like, oh, you're just using me. She goes, darn right I am. So we go over there, <laughs> do this to this baby and it was screaming, crying. You could see all this upset with the, um, with the parents and the stress in the household. And I touched the baby where you should, and it stopped crying and looked at me. I let go. It started crying. It started crying when I touched. And so we were kind of laughing because it was so obvious. So I held it, did what I needed to do. I did adjust it as well. And within 20 seconds, it pooped all the meconium, which is the black tarry things that no one's been told about that until you have a baby. And so we brought it in to the parents and they were like, what is that? And I'm like, that just came from your child. But the fact is 
that is the most beneficial things for babies to know. I mean, for parents to know and to know about yourself. So you take your, um, your belly button and the hard hip bone in the front, you draw a diagonal line, you dissect that, bisect that line straight down diagonally in the middle and you push your thumbs down straight towards your back. Now, this is when you're doing this on your back in general. And then you lift up towards your head. So you're pushing down and lifting um, up towards the head. That opens up a valve called the ileocecal valve, which often gets caught closed when you're inflamed, have been eating poor, you're stressed out, maybe you have digestive problems in the first place. And it helps to open up um, the valves so that poop and gas moves on through. On the other side, you can do the same thing. That's called the valve of Houston. And you can actually move everything out. And generally you'll be gassy and you can hear it rumbling through. And often you'll need to um, void your bowels within the next bit because it's opened up the, um, the line there. Dr. Julie is like a miracle. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal. We've got to close, but Dr. Julie, co-founder of the Florida Wellness Institute, we cannot thank you enough for being here. I, I absolutely love this conversation. And I know we're going to help both the caregivers that are listening and we're going to help them pay attention to their loved ones and just these simple things that we can do. So thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for being here on Caregiver Crossing. You're so welcome. It's my pleasure. It's my life's purpose is to help others with natural solutions. Thank You're you. Fantastic. Thank you Mary. so much. If you, if you'd like to know more about Julie, Dr. Julie and in everything else we've done here on Caregiver Crossing, if you have a question for Tina, um, she's got plenty of resources. Just jot, just jot a note down, send her an email, tina at joycehouse.org and uh, Caregiver Crossing supported by our friends at AARP, Tina. We love them. They are leading a revolution in the way people view and live life after 50. We love that they're working to empower people to choose how they live as their age. And so on behalf of Terry, Stacy, and myself, until next time, take good care of each other. We'll see you here next week on Caregiver Crossing.